Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good afternoon. We are in our second Dig a Bit for month 10 of our 2020 authority study. We're studying the authority of women and specifically the authority of women as prescribed by the New Testament in participation in public worship. So as we're talking about that, last time we began a little look at a debate that's going on in the Southern Baptist uh, denomination this very week on whether or not it's appropriate for a woman to preach in their Sunday services. And as I said, I don't quite understand why, which day of the week it's on, if it is an assembly for the purpose of worship and men and women are present, why Sunday would be any different from any other day. Uh, Of course, I understand that it is the prescribed worship day in our New Testaments that's commanded, but when we get together with our brothers and sisters under the auspices of public worship as prescribed by the New Testament and our elders, sometimes we do that on uh, various days of the week as they did in the New Testament, just uh, reserving Sunday, of course, for Uh, the complete worship, including the taking of the Lord's Supper. But they were, they're discussing in the, it's right around the Southern Baptist Convention, actually. And it's a preacher from Texas and a preacher from um, Florida. And I introduced those speakers to you last time. And one of them is advocating, I think how it actually came up is that one of them criticized Beth Moore for saying publicly that she was going to preach from a pulpit on Sunday. And the other one said, oh, Beth Moore is a phenomenal influencer, changer of the world for God, and what she's doing is perfectly appropriate. Last time in the Dig a Bit, we talked about three of the arguments cited for the permission for pro-woman speaking in worship. And this time I wanted to discuss three more of the arguments that he presented. Last time we talked about, first of all, that she's just reaching people in phenomenal ways around the world, and so thus it must be a good thing for her to speak from pulpits. Well, you know, that this that is very outcome-based. That is, let's see what works and do what works. And that's not biblical In from the get-go. That's not biblical. We talked about um, how that worship to God, and in fact, any religious service to God, should never be decided based on outcome. It should be decided based on authority. And we went into that during our last dig a bit. Then we talked about that he said women were first to preach the resurrection. And we talked about how that, of course, Mary Magdalene and others went forth from the tomb and told that good news to the disciples of Jesus. But we talked about the chasm of difference between going and telling some good news and preaching a sermon. And it's intellectually dishonest to equate those two things. Then we talked about his argument that If someone is gifted, then someone should be able to use that gift to glorify God. We talked about how that there are many gifts that we are given that are not appropriate for worship. Next, he says, 
if a woman was allowed to preach in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 5, then why can she not do it by the time we get over to 1 Timothy chapter 2? And by the way, we began our study last week with reading the reading of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And if you're listening to these at separate times, not together as a series, I would recommend that you read those chapters as we're discussing this. Number four, his argument then was, first was 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verse 5, where it says in talking about praying or prophesying with a head covering, 1 Corinthians eleven five. but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. Well, many people today in the world take that and in the church even take that to believe to say that a woman who is in worship should have her head covered because she prays and prophesies in worship she prays and or prophesies in worship so therefore the worship assembly must be a place where she has her head covered even today as i look at that passage I don't know everything, but I can positively know that we are not talking about a public worship assembly here when we say every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovers, uncovered dishonors her head. I know that because 1 Corinthians eleven five would be a direct... A, a direct contradiction of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 and in 1 Timothy chapter 2. That would be a direct contradiction if a woman were praying and prophesying. Now the praying part, you know, I can, I can understand that a woman might be praying in worship and not be praying aloud or leading a prayer. But a woman prophesying, to prophesy means really to teach. It means to publicly have a discourse, to teach publicly. That's what prophesying means. It means that there's somebody listening to you prophesy. Now, I know that women did not do that in mixed assemblies, in mixed worship services. They might have done that in their homes in front of their children. They might have done that in their homes with other women or even in a a public meeting place that was for women, a time assigned, a time and place assigned for women. It could have been that, and that would have been perfectly coincidental, coinciding with Uh, Titus chapter 2 verses 3 through 5 where older women there are told to instruct to teach younger women and they're given a litany of things to teach so we know that New Testament women were teachers we know that they were prophesiers one reason we know is because of this verse right here we know that one of the miraculous gifts that they had was the gift of prophecy But we know just as surely 
that they did not use that gift of prophecy. They did not teach publicly when men were present, taking the authority, the leadership, speaking in the churches. As we've read just now from those scriptures, we know they didn't do that because that was strictly prohibited by the Holy Spirit through the same man that says 1 Corinthians 11, 5 here. So whatever they were doing in 1 Corinthians 11, 5 was not taking authority in a public worship service with men present. So are there other scenarios in which women could be praying and prophesying? Absolutely. And we read about one of those scenarios in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. So to say that 1 Corinthians chapter 11 designates what can be done in a very clear passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians 14, when 1 Corinthians 11 chapter 5 could be one of a number of other scenarios. Well, that would be a a wrong exegesis of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5. We have to take that clear passage about worship and women being silent in worship and say, well, is there something else that they could have been doing in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5? And that, the answer to that is an absolute yes. And then we look at his next argument, which is taken from... Romans chapter 16 verses 1 and 2 and that is as a matter of fact one of our um, questions or maybe more of our questions this month is taken from Romans chapter 16 verses 1 and 2 about Phoebe where that chapter begins by Paul saying I commend to you Phoebe our sister who's a servant of the church which is at Sincrea that you receive her in the Lord as become saints and that you assist her in whatever business she has need of you for she has been a helper or succorer of many and of myself also. When we read about Phoebe, we understand that she is the letter deliverer for this epistle of Paul. Let's look at, uh, yes, Paul sent a letter with Phoebe who was a woman in the early church and this McKissick in this debate among the Baptists says she is no doubt she no doubt actually he says she delivered the letter and that is true and then it says she no doubt elaborated on the content of the epistle where on earth would he get that what scripture is there that would make us think that she no doubt elaborated publicly in front of men on the epistle. That's a jump. That's a real stretch from Scripture, especially when, if she did so, she would be violating some of the clear passages that Paul has stated in more than one place. There's no indication here that she elaborated on that epistle. And that, again, is intellectually dishonest to make a great jump with the word that would make it contradict other portions of the word. I had a a letter delivered just last night. It went through the hands of a person who never opened it and delivered it to someone else. Now, when I ask for that to be done, 
I did not say even, don't open this letter, don't read it. I said, would you give this letter to fill in the blank? You know that letter arrived to that person? It arrived unopened, unread, and it arrived amazingly unelaborated on. There was no discussion between the receiver of the letter and the person who delivered it about what that letter contained because that was not the job of the person who was delivering the letter. It is, I'm going to say it one more time, it is intellectually dishonest for us to just throw out a statement that Phoebe no doubt elaborated on the contents of the Roman letter that she was delivering from Paul. That's a real stretch with the Word of God. And we need to be very careful that we are intellectually honest with the Word. Next is, and this one uh, takes the cake for me. It's He says here, I'm going to see if I can find the exact statement as I'm scrolling through here. He says that he doesn't have a problem with the statement that a woman should never be the senior pastor. Here we go. McKissick said he agrees that the Bible restricts the role of senior pastor of a church to men, but that women should be allowed to preach from the pulpit. I just want to ask you, in all honesty, where do we read about a senior pastor in the New Testament at all. That statement is, that designation is absent from the New Testament. So how then can we be making a, a distinction between the role of a senior, and I, I don't even say senior pastor when I'm talking about a preacher because pastor in the New Testament refers to elders or bishops or overseers. That's what the word pastor refers to in your New Testament, not a pulpit preacher. But here they are applying that word to preaching. So they're saying that the Bible would not have a senior preacher in a congregation be a woman, but we should let women fill the pulpits all the same. May I just clearly say that there is no biblical reference to a senior preacher. Cindy Culley, are you saying you think it's wrong for us to have a man who fills the pulpit and another man who maybe uh, is a youth minister and somebody else who is an involvement minister? Are you saying that? that I, I'm not saying that because I, I think elders can decide who can best be servants in various roles within the congregation, but there is no mention of a senior pastor or preacher in your New Testament. So how can we reach to that designation and say, yes, it's okay for a senior, for a senior preacher to be prohibited from being a woman? That's okay, but it's not okay for us to prohibit other preachers from being women. And maybe I said that in an awkward way. Maybe I should have turned that around and said it this way. It's okay for us to prohibit women from being senior pastors, preachers, 
as they are using the term. But it's not okay for us to prohibit women from being preachers in other contexts. Let me just say that you're splitting some hairs and the whole head of hair is not even in the Bible. It's not even there. So we need to really be careful that we aren't making distinctions about quote-unquote senior pastors versus other preachers when that distinction is never even made in the New Testament, much less modified or moderated. It's been an interesting read, and you can again read this, read about this debate on al.com, and I believe this is in the section entitled, yes, Alabama Life and Culture. But I think if you just Google in al.com, you just do a search for, it has a search button up on the right-hand side. I think if you just do two Baptist men debate, that you would get you, you would get quickly to this article and be able to read it for yourselves. Thank you for listening to us, and I hope you have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.